Good evening, Purple family. Welcome to another episode of Shades of Purple, a Prince podcast. On tonight's episode, we're going to be talking about Prince's philanthropy. But before we get into that, I just want to say last week I didn't do an episode because I was actually busy doing episodes on my other podcast that I just started. I know I'm just obsessed now uh, called Book Goddess. And so it's in reference to um, the work that I do as a librarian. Last week was Band Book Week. So we had uh, students, faculty and staff at the two year college that I work at come up and read excerpts from band books and talk about the importance of uh, reading these books. And so I did that at the location that I work at and at a um, another branch of the same college that I work for. So it was really great. If you get a chance, please listen to it. It's on Spotify as Book Goddess. So. But going back on to our main man, Prince, I had, I'm doing this episode because I actually had a request uh, from this from a lady named Shannon Prince, who is on our Facebook page. So this is for you, Shannon. So I wanted to um, take the time out and really look into Prince's philanthropy. She actually had a couple of questions about um, a hospital that he wanted built and a, a school. So unfortunately, I didn't find out anything about the school or the hospital that he was trying to have built around the late uh, 90s. I'm not sure exactly what happened to that. But however, his uh, wife, his second wife, Manuela, did have two schools built in his honor in Malawi, in Africa. So that occurred, of course, after he passed. Uh, but those were the only schools that I were able to find uh, that, um, he was able to have, I don't, they're not named after him, but they were, you know, made in his name. So, but, uh, moving on. So now in the late nineties, around the time that he was, um, uh, right before he did, uh, the jam of the year, or maybe around that same time period where he was doing new power soul and, you know, that whole era, he started doing a series of concerts, um, for his charity called love for one another that he started with his first wife, Maite. And I actually put the link up of the website for Love for One Another on the Facebook page. So go check it out. Uh, Maite is still the director of it, over it, as well as Princess Sister Taika, Kirk Johnson, and another lady that I'm, I have, I don't know who she is, but they all still run it together. And they also um, do a lot of charity work in and around Minneapolis and in other states, as far as Texas. Also uh, places in um, like uh, Chicago and New York, places like that. I mean, I went on the website. You guys really need to check it out. They uh, donate and I mean, to all types of charities. And Prince's second wife, Manuela Testolina, she also has her own um, charity uh, program or organization that she started that Prince actually encouraged her uh, to do called In a Perfect World. And she also builds like... um, like uh, schools and stuff around the world, it's particularly in Africa, but um, she does all kind of charity work and it's just wonderful. So I also, um, I didn't put up the link to In a Perfect World, but I, I think I might tomorrow. So check out Manuela's stuff as well. So, I mean, it's, it was just wonderful to see that, you know, she really, Prince really inspired her. I, actually, that's how they met is, um, you know, Manuela was working for Prince for the love for one another charity. And I, I think at some point she became his uh, like personal assistant, but she, that's how they met. And that's how they kind of bonded. She said was through their work with uh, philanthropy. And she referred to Prince as a fierce 
philanthropist uh, after his passing. And I must say that I have to agree with her after all the stuff that I have found. And there's still a lot of unknown stuff um, that we'll probably will never know because Prince was very, you know, private. He wanted to donate. He wanted to give his, he didn't want to make a show of it, you know, like, you know, some other people might do. He wasn't about all that. And people wanted to say it was because he was a Jehovah's witness, but he was actually doing this way before he was a Jehovah's witness and he wanted to keep it quiet. One of the first charitable acts he did was actually doing the purple rain tour. He gave a free concert at a college for deaf and blind students. So during the midst of the highest point in his career, he decided to do a concert for people that wouldn't be able to, you know, maybe listen to the music the same way or wouldn't have access, you know, to his music. So he went out of his way to do this. So I'm going to read from the Washington Post who put this out on the day that it happened back on November 30th of 1984. So I'm just going to read, you know, some excerpts from it. Uh, from the article in a surprise free performance at Gallaudet College Prince the rock star dazzled and thrilled about 2,500 handicapped students from the campus and the city's public schools yesterday afternoon they were blind students who could not see him they were deaf students who could only feel the vibrations of the songs that had made Prince one of the country's most popular performers but none of that seemed to matter as Prince performed, often smiling and grinning as he played, hundreds of students raised their hands with thumbs, index, and baby fingers extended, and the two middle ones curved inward to sign to him, I love you. For Prince, the controversial performer, whose risque Purple Rain tour had sold out a record seven concerts at the Capitol Centra, the show was a bit toned down, apparently, for the young special audience. Of course, like he's not going to come out there and uh, sing Darling Nikki to these kids. <laughs> so promoters said Prince requested to do the show for handicapped students who would not otherwise be able to see or hear her perform. It was his second charitable appearance this week. On Tuesday night, he was a featured guest at a reception held to raise money for Maverick Chicago educator Marva Collins and Big Brothers of America, which has more than 1,000 black males in D.C. waiting to be matched with role models, spokesman said. So he started collaborating with Marva Collins very early. And for those who uh, don't know, Marva Collins, who has since also passed away, but she had a school in Chicago for you know, underserved youth. And uh, I didn't really know until I read this article that he had started collaborating with her this early because Marva Collins is actually featured in the video for the most beautiful girl in the world. She was the older black lady who kind of sat down and those were her kids that she cared for at her uh, institution. And so, um, like I said, I didn't know that uh, Prince first probably started collaborating with her and giving money to Marva Collins School at uh, this early date, but apparently he did. So, and he kept up, um, he kept donating to Marva Collins School in Chicago as well. So moving on, um, let's see. Okay, so they talked about, you know, him having his, they uh, described it as the Edwardian suit crushed velvet that he wore later he threw his white glove and some of his jewelry into the crowd members of his backup band the revolution tossed flowers and masks to the excited students 
of whom did not learn of the concert until yesterday morning, shortly before they boarded for the trip to the quiet campus. So they didn't even know about the concert until right before, you know, they got a chance to go. And so I'm going to read some of the quotes from some of the students that were there. Um, I had a lot of fun. I felt his music. Angela Maxey, 18, a deaf student at Gualdot said through an interpreter, I couldn't hear the words, but I could feel the vibrations. Deaf people really appreciate and love loud music. The interpreter, Joyce Dobb Miller said, I'm horrible with names (laughs) y'all. Some deaf students have dim hearing ability and can hear when the music pounds into their eardrums. They can't feel the notes, but they can feel the rhythm. Joan Lee, the wife of the president of Galdot College, and several students presented gifts to the 26-year-old performer. He was 26, y'all. The then Prince in the Revolution took to the stage for an encore rendition of the moody Purple Rain. In all, he played more than a dozen songs and melodies, including 1999, Little Red Corvette, and When Doves Cry. Noticeably missing were his more erotic songs. Once again, like, why would he do that? He didn't really go all out like he has before, said Warren Graves, 19, a Prince fan and a student at Spring Arm High School, who said he recently overcame emotional problems that interfered with his ability to learn. He really respected these young kids. During several songs, Prince emphasized phrases as of trying to motivate the handicapped youth, often discriminated against, ostracized, and left out of normal activities. So that was great. I mean, he didn't have to do that, but he decided that, hey, you know what? This is an underserved population and they like my music. So why can't they listen to it? So, I mean, Prince would do things like that constantly. And even through the controversy of, you know, we are the world, which I haven't really uh, I am going to kind of touch on that a little bit when I, I talk about around the world in a day, because that's around the time that that all happened. But just to address that, a lot of people think that, you know, Prince was kind of an asshole for not wanting to participate. But honestly, the reason why he didn't participate in We Are The World is because it just wasn't, he didn't want to be there with all those people. I mean, he didn't have a problem with wanting to contribute uh, and help with the uh, African aid. He didn't have have an issue with that. It's just that he, he would do his vocals alone, okay, by himself. He, I mean, when I say by himself, not even the engineers were allowed in when he did his vocals. So he was very private with that. You know, he didn't like to be around a bunch of people when he was recording. And so, uh, and even Lana Ritchie, you know, he talked about this on uh, Jimmy Kimmel, the fact that, you know, he volunteered to do a guitar solo. He said, well, can I have a separate booth? You know, so he tried to, you know, try to, you know, see if they wouldn't mind accommodating him. So finally what he ended up doing was just uh, contributing a song to the, uh, we are the world uh, first, uh, whatever, whatever the album was called. I don't know if it was called. We are the world. I think it was. I should know this. Uh, <laughs> I'll look into it later, but it was called for the tears in your eyes. And if I'm being honest, I really didn't care for the, the song itself. We are the world. I, I kind of thought it was a little corny, but like I said, that's me. Uh, and for the tears in your eyes was beautiful though. And um, he also kind of gave a rebuttal to uh, what happened the night that they recorded We All the World. His uh, One of his uh, bodyguards had got arrested because this guy tried to jump in Prince's limo when Prince and uh, Jill Jones had went out to uh, this uh, club. 
and um, they were leaving the club and this photographer guy just jumped in the limousine and was trying to take pictures. So one of Prince's bodyguards kind of like yanked him out of there and broke his camera and he ended up getting arrested. And so Prince addressed all this in the B-side uh, song called Hello, where he talks about, okay, yes, there are, you know, hungry children here, right here in America that need our help, you know, which I also agree with. And he would do food drives and things like that around this time when he was doing the Purple Rain tour. He would do things like this, like uh, during uh, the uh, the Pearl, uh, Pearls, Diamonds and Pearls tour, he would uh, also uh, perform for the Special Olympics when they were in uh, Minneapolis that year. So, I mean, he would go make sure that he would go out of his way to donate to the charities that he cared about and the causes that he cared about. Now, of course, a lot of people know about some of his later efforts, uh, such as Baltimore. He uh, went to Baltimore after the whole Freddie Gray uh, situation and he did a, a peace rally there and he constantly talked about, you know, the importance of giving back to the community and particularly the black community. And he uh, said a speech in that he was saying, hey, when I come back to Baltimore, I want to patronize black businesses. And I know sometimes that that type of talk can kind of, you know, make some of Prince's, you know, Caucasian fans maybe uncomfortable. But the fact was, like I said before in previous episodes, Prince was a black man and he was a proud black man and he wanted to serve his community. You know, unlike, you know, what a lot of people, you know, say you know, these things about him, like he didn't care about black people or, you know, he was this, he was that, he was a colorist. He was none of that is true. Prince very much cared about black people, but not just black people. He cared about all people, you know, and what spurred on his activism during this late, you know, this late period, hold on y'all. Mm. Okay. Had to take a drink. <laughs> um, was the whole Trayvon Martin situation. Um, uh, he actually made a comment and I'm going to try to see if I can find it real quick where he said, and I, and I know I posted it on the Facebook page where he was having this situation. He was having this, um, not situation. He was having this conversation with uh, his friend Van Jones, who, if y'all don't know who Van Jones is, he's kind of like this uh, activist, and I think he's a contributor to uh, CNN. He's on there a whole lot, uh, kind of as this uh, pundit, news pundit. So anyway, him and Van uh, Van Jones had become fast friends, and um, they did a lot of charity work together. And after uh, Prince's passing, Van Jones was really the one who really kind of, you know, outed Prince as far as like all of this charity work that he did that nobody really knew about. But anyway, he was having this conversation with Van Jones about the whole Trayvon Martin issue and the fact that people uh, perceive, well, not people, but we're just going to say certain people perceive uh, Trayvon Martin to be a thug because he had on a hoodie. And so Van Jones was like, well, they, because they're, you know, they're racist because, you know, because of racism. And so Prince was like, well, how is it that people can see Trayvon Martin and see a thug, but when they see somebody like Mark Zuckerberg in a hoodie, they see a millionaire. So why can't we get more black Zuckerbergs? That's what we need. So, I mean, and Van Jones was just like, wow, you know, that, you know, that makes sense. You know, so he was 
Prince was one of those guys where he was just like, look, we need to get our own. We need to try to better ourselves. That way we can get the respect that we deserve, you know, and not just for black people, but for, you know, people, you know, people, period, you know, carry yourself in such a way that people will have to respect you. So moving on. So other things that Prince did, um, he donated uh, $250,000 to the Uptown Dance Academy in New York. He also donated $12,000 to the Louisville Free Public Library. Now, this was a library that was uh, one of the first uh, black uh, libraries in the country that uh, that black people could come to in Louisville. Now, of course, back in the day, you know, things under Jim Crow was segregated and that included libraries. So this particular public library was a library that uh, black people could, could come to. And it was uh, getting, the building was getting disre- you know under disrepair and they were getting ready to close it down and probably demolish it. So Prince um, made it a point to try to donate $12,000 to try to save the building and they were able to save it. So, I mean, so like I said, he was always looking out for his people. Let it be known. He was always looking out for his people. Uh, During the uh, Welcome to America tour, uh, the proceeds from that uh, particular tour went toward uh, the Harlem Children's Zone. So he donated one million dollars. It was a nonprofit organization for children and families living in poverty. Uh, He also, I think, gave some money to some of the people that were in that documentary called uh, Waiting for Superman. Because um, if y'all, and I might post this to the Facebook page, but when he did a um, news conference uh, for the Welcome to America tour right before he started it, he talked about that documentary and how much it like, you know, affected him. And he was just like, y'all should watch that. Y'all should really watch that. And so come to find out, he actually gave money to some of the people that were in that documentary that, you know, really needed help. And I thought that was just great. And like uh, Kim Berry also had a story where Prince was giving money to these families who lost their house after this uh, flood that happened, excuse me, in the Minneapolis uh, area at one point. She talked about how he was just just passing out like checks to families uh, after they lost everything in a flood. And I don't know when that was, but I want to say maybe the late 90s or so. Um, But yeah, I mean, so. Prince did just all type of things. And like I said, he didn't want anybody to know about it. So it was kind of hard trying to find a lot of this stuff. Like the stuff that I found was mostly stuff that we probably already know about. Like we know about him helping out um, Lauren Hill when she was incarcerated. He actually made sure that her children were taken care of. He sent money to her family to make sure that, you know, Lauren's children were taken care of because he cared about that. You know, he cared about people. If if somebody needed him, you know, for something and he cared about them enough, like he would pay medical bills like he paid the medical bills to some of James Brown's people, uh, a particular I can't remember his name. But I think he was either his drummer or one of his guitarists. But this guy was in the hospital dying. um, And I think he did eventually pass away. But Prince was paying his doctor. He was paying his medical bills. Um, He also paid the medical bills of um, uh, George Clinton and actually got him out of debt. 
like he he uh i don't think it was medical bills that george clinton owed but he owed i think his last record company or something a whole bunch of money and he actually paid george clinton's bills off for him I mean, so he would do things like that for people that, you know, not even just people that he cared about, but, you know, sometimes even for strangers. Um, there are so many stories that his assistant, uh, this girl named Ruth, uh, I can't pronounce her last name because like I said, I butcher names, y'all. So, but her first name is Ruth. And she talked about how Prince would be like watching the news or watching TV and he would call Ruth up and be like, hey, so there's this lady in Chicago who's trying to uh, get a, a building uh, to uh, for like a home, like trying to build like a homeless shelter. I think she said, yeah. And she's trying to get money for a building for a homeless shelter. So can we find out, you know, where she is and if we can uh, get the money to her? You know, so he would do things like that. Just, you know, and wouldn't want no recognition, wouldn't want no big, you know, you know, press conference about it or a big check saying, hey, you know, I donated. He didn't need all that fanfare. And it really wasn't just because he was Jehovah's Witness. It's just because Prince wanted to give from his heart and he didn't you know, needed anybody to know. And I think to me, that's the most genuine, you know, when you can give from your heart and not put it on blast, like, Oh, look at me. I'm such a great person. That really means that you really mean it. And, you know, you can disagree with me if you want about that, but that's just my feelings on it. Uh, of course, Prince, we also know that he was a huge advocate for the rights of artists, you know, I mean, that was the whole reason why he had that dispute with Warner Brothers was because he felt like, you know, he wasn't getting his fair share from his creation. And so from that point on, he would approach it, you know, the same way with everybody. Like um, there's uh, stories about him talking to like people like Nas and um, Mariah Carey and even uh, Anita Baker that have made comments saying Prince was, you know, always encouraging them to get, to own their masters, you know, so they could get the money, get their money for their creation. And actually Nas said he wanted to do a song with Prince and went out of his way to try to find him and all this. And when they finally got together, Prince was like, look, I want you to have that money from the record that we do. And because you don't own your masters, who is it going to go to? He told Nas, he was like, I don't want the people that, you know, are using our intelligence, our, you know, our uh, God given gifts to um, pay for their children's college or pay for them to go to the beach. You know, talking about these music executives like he was just like he was against that. Another thing that uh, Prince, of course, really supported was women in music. And I've talked about this before in previous episodes where he really, really encouraged women musicianship. He had female guitarists, female drummers, female bass players. I mean, just female, of course, dancers and singers, of course. But just about, I mean, every if you can name a spot in a band, there's probably been at least one female and a Prince band that has played that part. So he really cared about women and uh, and supporting them in their musicianship. Another thing that Prince cared about, of course, we already talked about Black Lives Matter. Uh, he was a big advocate for that. Um, but he was also an, a big advocate for animal rights as of course, you know, later on, you know, uh, he would become a, um, not a vegan. People said he was a vegan, but I think he was more, more or less a vegetarian. 
Uh, but like in the na- late 90s, I think even before then, I'm not sure exactly when he became a vegetarian because I've heard reports that he became a vegetarian as early as 1986. Uh, but he had uh, quit, you know, eating meat, you know, sometime around then. And, you know, he did uh, that album, um, the acoustic guitar album called The Truth, where he has a song called Animal Kingdom. So if you ever if you never heard The Truth album, please check it out. It's a great album. But on the Animal Kingdom, he talks about the need of wanting to preserve life and how uh, these animals are God's creatures as well and how we shouldn't eat them. Now, I'm sorry, Prince, I, you know, I'm very much a meat eater, I disagree, but I can respect the fact that, you know, that was something that was dear to him. And that was something also very important to Maite as well. She was also a a vegetarian and she didn't really eat meat either. And um, so that was something that they both kind of bonded over. And also the wool, you know, you know, sheep's wool or um, any kind of wool that was animal fur, I'm saying wool fur uh, they were against that as well and so he was a big supporter of PETA and you know the other animal rights groups and things like that so now if you think about it though Prince has really been an advocate for people ever since he was you know 12 years old because you remember back in April when they put out that footage of him talking about that teacher strike what struck me about his response was that he said that these teachers deserve more pay, but they also need to go back and get more education because they do work long hours and they do, you know, they do try to be there for the students. So even at a very young age, Prince was an activist and cared about people, you know, outside of, you know, his little group, you know, of uh, people in his camp. So let's see, moving on, um, what else? I'm going through my notes, y'all, just looking through, making sure that I talked about everything that I wanted to talk about. Uh, of course, we know about uh, Yes, We Can Code. Uh, Van Jones talked about that. That was an organization that helped underprivileged kids learn how to code so they could one day you know, get these high-paying jobs in Silicon Valley. Uh, So it was called Yes, We Can Code. And um, that led to Van Jones said that there were people right now living in Silicon Valley that have uh, those. um, What do you call them? The little shields over the house, uh, solar panels. Yeah. So Prince also paid for like, I don't know how many solar panels, but there are people right now that uh, have solar panels on their house that Prince paid for out in California. That's what Van Jones said. So I thought that was wonderful. Oh, okay, so here, to, yes, we can code. I wanted to get exactly what it was. So it was an initiative that helps urban youth achieve a promising future by connecting tech and social justice leaders to spearhead revolutionary tech programs. So yeah, trying to get students that are, you know, wanting to do, get into the computer science and things like that, uh, that's always going to be needed. So he uh, spearheaded that as well. Okay, so what else? I mean, that's just like I said, that's just the surface of it. I mean, we really don't. I mean, we'll probably never know all of the things that he did, but that that was that's a lot. You know, I mean, he really was a dedicated philanthropist. I mean, for all of his adult life, he really cared about people. He honestly, honestly did. Uh, Let's see. Um, 
Okay, he also had, according to the late musician's pal, Van Jones, once again, Prince helped fund an organization uh, called Green for All. The charity aims to bring unions and environmentalists together to push for anti-poverty measures and a clean energy economy and has installed, okay, this was, okay, so Green for All, this was uh, the uh, solar panels on the roof of buildings in Oakland. So, yeah, and he said, there are people who have solar panels right now on their houses in Oakland, California that don't that don't know Prince paid for them. So Prince also helped launch uh, another organization. Yes, we code. Yeah, we already talked about that, which is a nonprofit that encourages uh, urban youth and careers in the tech sector. Uh, Let's see. And yes, we can code was actually that was the um, that's what kind of spurred on that was spurred on by the Trayvon Martin uh, situation Uh, because he was just like, well, we need more, you know, black Mark Zuckerberg's and I agree I I completely agree so that's pretty much all I was able to find but like I said there was just so many stories and um, so many mentions of Prince and his philanthropy but those were some of the bigger ones Uh, and I just hate that he's not here anymore to be able to do more charitable things because I often think about you know after the whole George Floyd situation in particular and his own hometown what kind of charitable uh, rallies and things like that that he would have did uh, for his own uh, hometown so I just hate that you know but you know he wasn't here for that and maybe that was a good thing because of you know that was such a big big controversy just like it was in Baltimore but anyway so that's all I got as far as uh, Princess Philanthropy but like I said he was such a big big philanthropist and we will never know the extent of all the money that he gave to uh so many anonymous you know anonymous people i mean he would donate to like um he would go to um what is that uh i can't remember his name um but all these different like functions you know like the aids um the AIDS groups and the things like that. Like he donated to so many causes. And really, like I said, it was just too much for me to just even name. I mean, there was just, but I put a lot of it on the Facebook page. So please go check it out. Um, But he would donate to so many, so many organizations. And I still believe that the Prince estate is still doing that. Uh, So I hope, at least I hope they are. Um, But anyway, guys, so... Like I said, I have had quite a week, if you can't tell. (laughs) Uh, So I thank you guys for uh, still listening to my podcast and appreciating me and everything that I've been trying to do. Um, Next up, I will be talking about around the world in the day in a day (laughs) so we're going to be reviewing that album and talking about some situations that occurred and why people were kind of disappointed with around the world in a day and i guess if i was around back then which i was i was two years old but uh if i i guess i if i was a prince fan back then i don't know if i would necessarily be disappointed but a lot of people were because i think they wanted a purple rain too but we're going to talk about it so that'll be up next week so until then guys thank you guys for listening and peace and be wild and may you live the seat of dawn bye